0: Welcome to the Sunday Message Podcast of Bethany Church in Fresno, California. We hope this message will encourage and equip you as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. If today's message helps you, share it with a friend. If you would like to know more about the ministry of Bethany Church, please reach out on Facebook or at BethanyChurchFresno.com. And now, here's this week's message. All right. Well, we're going to have some fun, too. Is that a good idea? The Bible says that a wise teacher makes learning a joy. So I'm here to make joy for you. Alright. Well, if you have your Bible or your Bible app, let's, uh, let's look at the scripture today and uh, you can open your Bible to the uh, book of 1 John. And we're going to be starting in chapter 3 today. In about uh, 22 years ago, my wife and I were preparing to, uh, Take a call to a church in Kansas So we were living in Clovis at the time I was working at Fresno Pacific And so we decided to get together for dinner with, with our daughter She requested that And so we said, yeah, sure, we'll get together, you know And so that next week we were going to be traveling to Kansas And, and uh, starting a new adventure in our life Well, we had dinner and everything And right after dinner, Jamie, my daughter, says Oh, we want to show you something so she pulls out this, this little kind of a, not, not a book, but a, I don't know what do you call it, a binder kind of a thing. And and she opens it up and turns it around and slides it towards Janice and I. And um, it was a weird-looking picture that I couldn't figure out. And it turned out to be a picture of the baby that she was going to have. and uh, And so we saw our granddaughter for the very, very, very first time. Now, this is a picture of her when she was maybe two, uh, reading National Geographic. And, uh, yeah, I told her she was going to be famous this week. You know, I said, "Ah, oh, your picture's going to be at Bethany. But, uh, it, you know, that event, it triggered me. And I, I thought, Oh, my goodness. What is this little kid going to look like? What it, What is it going to be like? Uh, you know, you've got those... The things in your head, when you've got a little baby, you wonder, how how are they going to develop? How, now, she's 21 years old now. Okay? She's 21 years old now. She's a senior at Fresno State studying to be a nurse. And uh, it was just such a joy for Janice and I to sit because she's actually living with us now. Uh, she We invited her to, to stay with us because her parents moved closer to downtown Fresno. And she's, well, you guys live so close to Fresno State. Can I live with you? And uh, I didn't think she was trying to get away from her parents. She just wants to live with us because we're so cool, you know, <laughs> uh, and we're, we're good cooks too. Uh, but anyway, um, but yeah, you start thinking about what what is this child really going to become as a person, not just how they look, but I I I sat there and I said I said to myself, I pretty much know what she's going to turn out like. She's going to turn out like her parents. More than likely. May she may not look exactly like her mom or her dad, but um she's going to Live in their house. She's going to be instructed by them. She's going to be cared for by them. She's going to pick up some of their some of their mannerisms. She, she's going to she's going to be her own person, but she's going to be a lot like her mom. And and now I realize she's a lot like her mom and her grandma. Okay, for better or worse. Uh, but you know, it's one of those things that when you talk about children, uh, it has spiritual application, and the spiritual application is this. We sang about it this morning already, didn't we? I am a child of God. You were created in the likeness and the image of God, your Father. Isn't that interesting? So you and I were born into this world, and yes, we may look a little bit like our parents, our earthly parents, but more than anything, God wants you to know that he is your heavenly father and that you are loved by him. As a matter of fact, in first John chapter three, verse one, how great is the love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that's what we are. I love that statement. And that's what I am. You know, I mean, it's just a wonderful thing to know. And I hope that you feel good about this. It's interesting, the language that John uses here, that, that little term that he starts out with, how great that word is meant to evoke this awestruck feeling. Okay? Like, it is super amazing that God created me, loves me, cares for me, cares about me. It, it's just It's just unbelievable, almost. And so John wants you to know that as a child of God, you are greatly, massively loved by him. That's what we all need to know and believe. Now, unfortunately, not everyone feels loved. And we all have earthly parents I was born into a, a earthly family, and I think my folks love me. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure they they did love me. Um, I gave them enough grief to probably not love me at certain times in my life. But there are people, and you might be like like me. There are moments when you felt unloved, and that makes it hard for us sometimes as people to identify with this feeling that we should have that we are greatly loved because we don't feel loved sometimes. And uh, it's not your fault. I want you to know that. If your parents uh, or whoever raised you didn't treat you in a way to make you feel loved, that's not your fault. Okay? God intended you to know without a doubt that you are loved, okay? So if you leave here today and you you forget everything else, remember one thing, God loves you. God loves you. So you, like John, need to say out loud, I am greatly loved. Can you say that with me? I am greatly loved. I want you to say that many times this week. Write it on the wall. I mean, The Bible says that that you need to write things down and and set up memory stones sometimes that remind you of the truth of what God's Word says. And the one thing that I know from this scripture today is that I am greatly loved by God. If you need to keep that in front of you as a reminder, write it on your, your morning mirror with lipstick, your wife's lipstick, not your, you know... Hopefully you don't have lipstick. But anyway, so the idea is sound. Remember, you are greatly loved. That's the first thing that John wants you to know. Now, the second thing that he wants us to know, look at verses 2 and 3. It says, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is now the point here is that we are not yet what we are ultimately going to become okay yeah a big amen there in the front okay i don't know if she was you know her did you that for your husband or for yourself Uh, yeah okay you know a lot of us we look at other people we look at our children our grandchildren and we have these hopes for each other right we hope that they will eventually become a responsible human being that will pick up their socks, okay? I mean, that's what we really want for other people. We, we have this vision in our mind of what they could become. Well, John tells you and me right here what we are going to become like. We are going to become like Jesus. Now, when I was little, and that is a picture of me, by the way, uh, not the cartoon one, the real one, okay? Okay. Uh, I was I think that was my 3rd birthday or 4th birthday. But uh, in my mind I wanted to be Superman. Okay? Superboy. Matter of fact, I have I do have a t-shirt with a big S on it, okay? At home I rarely wear it, but you know, I still had these visions. Okay. But we have in our minds who we want to become. And unfortunately, the world paints a really good picture for you and me as to what the world thinks that you should become. Right, And what you should wear, what you should possess, what you should be doing, what you should be listening to. The world has this great picture of what it's trying to inspire you to become. And we spend a lot of time, effort, and money on doing just that. What John wants you to know is that God has already designed what you're going to become like. And what you he wants you to 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 set your heart and your eyes on is the person of Jesus Christ. Okay, to become like Jesus in character, in character, to to become all those things that the, the fruit of the Spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Self-control. You know, we, we we become kind of obsessed, and I talked about that one Sunday morning, about what Jesus might look like. Not important. Okay? We all look a little different. And that's okay. God designed it that way. He loves creativity. Okay? But every one of us need to aspire to become more like the Jesus that we know and we see in Scripture. A gentle soul. who who was brokenhearted when other people were being abused and hurt and marginalized. He was the one who wanted to heal, who wanted to set things right, who wanted to set the world right, who wanted to put it back the way it was intended to be in the first place. So that's what we need to set our minds and our hearts on. Who are we going to become like? Well, John says, we shall be like him. So we might as well get started now, right? start to get get started now you know when i was little and i still am for that matter a little bit you know uh i had that in mind but i i got off course i wasn't becoming more like jesus i was becoming more like the person that i wanted to be and what's really interesting is that that is connected to one of the very first well the very first sin right i mean satan basically says to eve And then it goes to Adam that you don't need to be and do what God wants you to be and do. You can do your own thing. You can do your own thing. As a matter of fact, you can be, since you were created in the likeness and image of God, you can probably be God, be your own God. And that is the ultimate sin that still is pervasive in the world today, is that Satan tries to get you to think that you've got your own best idea for you. And God says, you know, I created you to be like me. To be like me. To be like Jesus. And so that should be the thing that we are really shooting for. We have a model, and it is Jesus. And we should be working at developing the character traits that the Scripture lays out that makes us more and more and more like Jesus. So how do we do that? Well, in verse four, it says this, everyone who has this hope in him. Now get that your hope is that you are going to eventually become like Jesus. It's right there. We haven't become it yet, but we're going to become like Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. That's amazing. And the person that, that you're thinking about in your family, your children, your grandchildren, the people that you would wish would be more like Jesus, they're going to become more like Jesus eventually. But it says this, everyone who has this hope of becoming more like Jesus in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Now that's an interesting statement. It says you purify yourself like you are pure. That's a little confusing, right? You're going to be like you are. Well, it's this thing in the Bible that talks about you accept Christ. You believe in the fact that he died for your sin, and he rose from the grave to prove that he was God. He ascended into heaven. You believe all those things for one purpose, is that now you're giving your life back to being designed by God the way he originally intended you to be designed. All right? And as as you do that, That's the process, it's a big word called sanctification, okay? Sanctification basically means what's happened on the inside is now working its way out into all parts and areas of your life, okay? So what's already happened inside is now starting to happen and show itself itself In your behavior, in your actions, in how you treat other people, and how you spend your money. All those ways, it starts happening. And so now what's happened inside through the salvation of your soul is now coming out of you. And so that's why John says, just let that out, all right? Let it start to happen in your life. He goes on, he says, you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him nor knows him. There's this, there's this basic assumption that John makes is that when you receive Jesus, you, you repent, right? You say, what I have done is wrong. Choosing my own way, trying to be my own person, do my own thing. I wasn't originally designed to live like that. I was originally designed to be like Jesus. And so I'm going to repent, which basically means I'm going to turn away from that and I'm going to start walking the other way. Okay, so I'm doing my own thing. I'm walking this way. I'm doing my thing. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. And then I realize, oh, I'm not really becoming more like Jesus. I'm becoming more like whoever and whatever I want to be. And when I realize that I'm moving in the wrong direction, I repent. And repentance means I turn around. I'm no longer keeping my eyes on that. I'm keeping my eyes now fixed on Jesus. And then I move that direction. I become more and more and more like him. And as I'm walking, that process of walking closer to becoming more like Jesus is the process of sanctification. So I stop moving in that direction, and I start moving in this direction. That's where my focus is, and that's what John is saying. So I'm not fully like Jesus yet, but I'm headed in that direction, okay? And then we talked about confession last week or a couple weeks ago. What is confession? It's agreeing with God that maybe the direction that we're moving in our life is wrong. And so then we turn around and we say, but I believe that it's also been forgiven so that I can start walking and moving in that direction and I can become more and more and more like Jesus in that process. Okay? So that's how it works. So as children of God, we are loved by God. We are forgiven people designed to be like Him. And so we confess our sin and we start moving to becoming more and more and more like Jesus. And then the third thing that we need to know about being a child and and child likeness is that children basically need to be careful now you, you've heard your your parents say this when you're little right i mean you're gonna hey mom i'm gonna go out i'm gonna ride my bicycle and what do they say be careful out there right i mean do you have your helmet Do you, you know, got your shoes on? Are you going to stay, you know, in a safe place? Your mom wants you to to what? Be careful out there. And John is the same way. He's a very loving guy. And he says, you know what? You're a child of God. God loves you to bits, you know. And, And he says, be careful out there. It's a tough world. Satan is out there and he is still trying to deceive God's children. So in chapter uh, 3, verse 7, it says this, Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. Be careful. Be aware that you are in the world. You're not supposed to be like the world. You're supposed to be like Jesus. And so be careful out there. It is a slippery slope. There are lots of people who being led by their own will and the will of Satan are trying to lead us in a direction that is not good. It goes on, it says, he who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the very beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. If you've got that in your Bible, underline that. One of the reasons that Jesus came down to planet earth was to destroy Satan's lie. And Satan's big lie is you don't need God. You can be your own God. You can do your own thing. You can make your own choices. You can be who you ultimately want yourself to be. That's Satan's big lie. And it still is today. Do whatever you want. In the book of Judges in the Old Testament, it says, it says, everybody did what was right in their own eyes. You can't tell me how to live my life, and you can't tell me what's right and wrong. I'm gonna make that decision for myself. Right? I'm gonna decide what's right and wrong. What's really interesting about that, just the concept behind it, is we remember in Genesis the story of Adam and Eve and Which was the tree that they were forbidden to eat from? Anybody remember? Not the tree of life. The knowledge of good and evil. The knowledge of what's right and what's wrong, right? So now people say to themselves, no one's gonna tell me what's right and what's wrong. I'm going to make my own decision. Does that ring any bells? Right? Yeah. The bell it rings is that that is the lie of Satan that you can decide for yourself what's right and wrong. The truth is the Bible lays it out there. It lays out there who you are supposed to be coming like. You're supposed to be coming like Jesus because Jesus, God himself, knows what's right and what's wrong. And we need to yield to that. We need to lean into that. We need to understand that there are counterfeits out there. There's all kinds of people who will tell you the wrong way to live. And God is telling us the right way to live. Not to harm us or to hurt us. Remember, remember, And we all have heard this before in a a myriad of ways. We all want to go back to living like Eden, right? When everything was perfect and lovely. Yeah, we do. Why? Because we messed it up. And now you want to go back to what's right. You know, the the fastest way to get there is to start on a journey of becoming more like Eden. God intended it to be in the first place, and he intended you to live in the likeness and the image of God. And the perfect example that we have of that is the person of Jesus. So if you want the best life possible, if you want to to live the way that they were originally living in Eden before sin happened, become more like Jesus. It's going to be an amazing life. The more and more and more you become like Jesus, the, the, more, the more enjoyable it will be for you. I'm not going to say it's easy. It's not, it's not going to be a cakewalk, but it's going to be the, the most satisfying life that you will ever experience. Now, it says there um, that the people that are doing what is right are, are not, no longer sinning. No longer sinning. Now we talked about what what that means for us as followers of Jesus. It means that we are having our sights on the right thing, and sin is that word amartia. It's to miss the mark. Okay, it's not that I am I'm you know blindly going like oh yeah something's right out there I'll find it. No, we're the Bible reveals the way we're supposed to live. We keep our eyes set on it and we pull back and we want to hit that mark. Sometimes we miss. And that's when we go back into our confessional mode, right? Okay. We agree that we missed the mark. We agree that it's forgiven and we, we keep on going. But we uh, we need to understand that Satan wants you to believe that it's okay to overlook sin. You know, what's the big deal? You know, it's not that bad of a thing. Well, the truth is, is that, um, th- there is, there is this idea that's out there in the world that says, you know what? It's okay. If, if you mess up, uh, you know, don't, don't get all weird about it and stuff. Uh, it, it, it's not that big a deal. It's just not that big a deal. Well, the truth is, it is a big deal. And sometimes, you know, we, in our hearts, we, we say, oh man, you know, I know I've sinned, but, eh, um, what I'll do is I'll just pretend like it didn't happen. Or I'll conform, but inside you're still boiling, right? And that starts to control your attitudes and your actions. Like the, the, the one time this little girl, she was riding in her car with her dad, and uh, and, and she started standing up. She undid her seatbelt, and she stood up, you know, in the front seat. She was little, so she could still, you know, stand without hitting her head on the top and her her dad says hey sit down sit down you need to sit down You buckle buckle your seat belt she says no i don't want to sit down and she was getting into her face you know stuff and and uh he says no you have to sit down don't make me stop this car you know that that go through the whole thing finally she sat down you know under the threat of being spanked and uh she buckled her seat belt and she just sat there you know and a couple of minutes later she she said to her dad she says I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm still standing up on the inside. <laughs> you know, we have this way of, of treating sin like, you know, OK, I will avoid doing all those things that you you tell me I shouldn't do. But on the inside, I still want to do them. I think I'm missing out, right? Well, John says, little children, love one another, love one another. Um, we need to know that the main thing is to love God and to love people. And so God says, make the main thing the main thing. Be like Jesus. And remember that it starts with love for God because he loves you so much. And then love one another, love one another. Now, um, remember, John wrote these words for us. And as a pastor, one of the things that I see happen many, many times, uh, because I can see all of you. I mean, you're looking at one guy. I'm looking at all of you. I see what you're doing when I'm preaching. Okay. And sometimes I see, eh, eh, and I just saw that tongue stick out. All right. <laughs> we'll talk about that next week. All right. Okay. <laughs> you give me off space. Come on. Stop that. Stop that. Okay. All right. Uh, there, there's a there's a great story of a pastor who was who was preaching and he had this one person in the sermon. I mean, in, in this congregation, he would come out after every sermon and, and and he would say the same thing every week. He would say, "Pastor, you really gave it to him today. You really gave it to him." And the pastor was going like, "Dude, you're the one that needs to hear this, you know?" <laughs> and uh, and so one day there was a blizzard. There was a blizzard. And and this guy who said that every week was the only one who showed up, okay? So the preacher, he's going like, I'm preaching this sermon. So he sat there, and the preacher preached, and he preached the whole sermon. And at the end of the sermon, you know, the pastor, he ran back, you know, to the foyer, waiting to shake this guy's hand, and he's wondering what he was going to say. And the guy says, Pastor, if they would have been here today, you would have really gave it to them. You know? So just a reminder, this is... For you and for me, all right? Remember, you are loved, okay? You are loved. God has given you a design to become more like Jesus. Commit yourself to becoming more like him because it's the best thing that will ever happen to you. Believe me, it will. So take it to heart and keep working on it. You're doing a great job, okay? Let's pray. Worship team, you come up, get ready. Lord, thank you so much that you love us. Uh, Thank you that you've given us a guide um, that directs us how that could happen and and what we need to do in order to stay back on the right path and do the right things. Uh, Not not because we have to, but because we want to become more like Jesus. We want to become more loving and compassionate and caring. Uh, We want to be more generous. We want to treat people the way we want to be treated too. So God, help us do that. Thank you that you've given us your spirit, that with your help of your spirit and the help of God's people, that we can become the people that you designed us to be. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. And for everything Bethany Church, check out BethanyChurchFresno.com.